If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Matthew, very familiar passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. Now this message today is not only to our graduates, but this is to everyone in this room today because uh, the Word of God fits everybody, no matter where you are, what you're into, what you're out of, what you're going through, or what you've just come out of. It says, ye are the light of the world. He's talking to Christians here. You are. He didn't say you might be, you could be, you maybe you will be. You are, without question, the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Therefore, he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Lord Jesus, I pray that you speak to our hearts today. Thank you for what we have felt, what we have heard, what we have seen today. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you've allowed us to be born in America. Lord, I pray that for all the families that off loved ones through these wars and rumors of wars and wars that are even to come, And God, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Life and its decisions. Life and its decisions never ends. It makes no difference how many times you graduate or how many jobs you have or what age you are or what celebration might be going on in your life. It is constantly full of decisions. At Lynn and my age, and now especially my age, the decision's coming down. What are you going to do with all the, all the stuff that you have? Have you made your final preparations? Have you selected the funeral home? Have you selected your pallbearers? Have you selected your pastor? Have you selected this? And it's constant, constant, constant decisions. And many of those decisions we put off. But it's dangerous sometimes to put off making a decision. My dad, you've heard me tell it before, was a Pearl Harbor survivor. Near 15 years ago, on Friday evening, he left this world in my arms. And I thank God for that few little moments I had with my daddy just before he quit breathing. And I thought about it. He hailed me when I first arrived in this world. And I hailed him as he went out of this world. Decisions had to be made, and they had to be made quickly, and God allows us to make decisions. That's why it's so important that we have the Lord Jesus in our life. And as we think about, (coughs) excuse me, life and its decisions, first of all, I want us to think about um, the right start. Getting started right is very important. And when I'm talking about getting started right, I'm talking about being saved. The difference between being saved and lost. The difference between being saved and lost is you're either on your way to heaven this morning or you're on your way to hell. There's no in-betweens, guys, I'm telling you. It's real. It's just as real as you and I sitting right here this morning that our life is going to end somewhere. And that's why it's so important to make the right decision on the right start, and that's by accepting Christ uh, as our Savior. There are many scriptures, and I won't go into all the scriptures, but uh, the book of Romans has a lot of scriptures. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wage of sin is death, but it's a gift of God that grants us eternal life. And you'll not beat that life. So I trust that you, if you're not saved, that today would be the day. You say, oh, I can't do it today. Maybe I can do it tonight. Maybe I can do it tomorrow. (coughs) And those times don't come, guys. It's right now. So make sure you have the right start on this life and its decisions. Secondly, the right companion is needed on this this, uh, life of decision. You select the wrong mate and you'll live in hell on earth for the rest of your life. I said if you select the wrong one. So how do you know, Pastor? Well, first of all, you need to be seeing somebody or dating somebody who's a saved person. Who's not afraid to put God first who's not afraid to say that Jesus died for their sins and who attends church regularly. And if they don't, then you need to start barking up another tree. You say, oh, well, they'll change after we get married. Not so. The Bible is very against light and darkness. You can't mix it. So don't even think about it. Again, if you're seeing somebody, you're dating somebody who's lost, you need to do your best to lead them to Christ. If they flat refuse then you tell them why you're breaking it off. Because, I won't go into this sermon, but I heard a sermon one time, Christians in hell. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you married the wrong person. (coughs) This is probably not true. But there was a man who had his wedding band on the right hand. And another gentleman noticed it, and he said, uh, why you got your wedding band on the wrong hand? He said, because I married the wrong woman. That's plain, isn't it? That's simple. Well, you say, preacher, I'm married to a lost wife. I'm married to a lost husband. What am I supposed to do? Pray. Pray hard. Let that person know you'd love God with all your heart. Let them know you love them with all your heart. Let them know you're praying for their salvation. Tell them to their face, I'm praying for you to accept Christ. I love you, but God loves you more than I do because Jesus died for you. It's important in this life, in all the decisions that we choose the right route, that is accepting Christ, that we choose the right mate, It's also important on this life of decisions that we choose the right job. The right job. I had an uncle who lived to be 98 years old. And everywhere he ever worked, up front, before they hired him, he said, listen to me, I'm a Christian. I don't work on Sunday. He never had to. Now I know that so many do. We're going to go out to eat after we leave here. What if every Christian that works at these establishments said, I don't come in till after church? You'd have a bunch of ill people on your hands. Well, why come in on having the food ready? You know, it's amazing. I thank God for Lynn. All of our marriage, listen to me, all of our marriage, she has never, ever stayed home to prepare a meal for the family. 
She did it the day before and very early in the morning. And if they didn't like eating at 1 o'clock, they could stay home. They knew that. Right, Jason? Right. One of my adopted sons. He knows. Hey, the meal's going to be prepared. But you need to wait. You know, the right job is important. As we go through this life, it's full of decisions, y'all. Listen, those of you who still work in a public job, you know what I'm talking about. You're under the, the person who's over you. You must do what they say. And if you're one of those that has to work occasionally on Sunday, then I'm sorry. But you pray and ask God, say, Lord, I'm, I'm got to. The Bible says if you don't work, you shall not eat. Hello? So if you have to work on Sunday, it's okay. God understands and God knows. But if there's any way to have an understanding, hey, I had a person, I was, I was talking to them about being faithful to church. They said, well, I work every Sunday. I said, what do you do on Sunday night? Oh, well, I'm resting. I said, what do you do on Wednesday night? Well, I just don't come. You see, there is always a way out to worship God in his house somewhere. Now, you can worship God anywhere, okay? Don't misunderstand me there. But it's something about gathering together with the family of God to worship and to praise his name. Another thing, the right friends is important on this life of decisions. The right friends. You know, I've had some friends that wasn't the right friends. And I tried to sort of toot along with them and within that was categorized with them, Okay. The right friends is important. The kind of friends that I want is the kind of friends that I can lay down and sleep at night and not worry that they're going to do something to me. That's a friend. Jesus said he was a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Okay? Friends. Hey, I love my friends. You're more than my friends. You are my family, and I missed y'all. I did. Now, you don't have to go out today and say, oh, it's so good to have you back. Hey, I'm glad I had a place to come back to. We missed y'all. We prayed for you every day. We prayed for our preacher boys. Listen, you don't have to like them, all right? But let me tell you something. You can't ride a horse if you don't get in the saddle. Come on. I remember at Earl's Grove one time, I was called off to the side. You going, we're going to listen to these preacher boys every Sunday night? I said, yes, sir, you are, because sooner or later, they're going to have a church, or they're going to be called on to preach, and if they don't get up and perform, then it reflects me, okay? Hello? Well, you know, I'm glad I had a place to come back to. I've never, ever, never, ever been jealous of this spot. I'm not afraid somebody's going to take my place. If they come in to take it, I'm going to move over and take a seat like the rest of you. And try not to whine and gripe. You know, there are friends that just, I mean, it's just normal. Just whining and griping and nothing goes well. Well, I'm sorry. Get you some new friends. So look, I'm going to have to break it off with you because every time me and you get together, all you want to talk about is somebody who's mistreated you. Won't you talk about Jesus who's never, ever mistreated you? He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I never felt forsaken, not one minute on the trip. 
Well, the right book needs to be studied on this life of decisions. This book right here will give you every solution to every problem you have ever had or ever will have. It gives you a solution. But yet we go and we buy books. How to select a mate. Well, you don't spend money on that book for when you got this book. How to raise your children and discipline your children. Why buy a book when you got this book? How to select a mate for life. Hey, nobody knows that but God. And he tells us right here. But yet we buy books on top of books and top of books. It's going to try to guide us in life's decisions. And this is the best I know. Make sure you study the right book. I'll tell you something else. The right leader is important to follow. The right leader. Now, you don't have to study leaders too long to find out which route they're going or what their decisions are or who they're living for. You don't have to go very far to find leaders. Now, we don't have to like all of our leaders, y'all, but you listen. The Bible teaches us to pray for those who are in high office. Does it not? Pray for them. You don't have to like them, but you are obligated as a Christian to pray for them. Pray for them, our leaders. And last of all, the right conduct is needed. Conduct. You know, it's so important to have the right conduct. Now, traffic-wise, we weren't always treated with respect. We weren't. But you learn to give them the right of way. Just let them have it. Because it's, it's a whole lot less resistance goes on if you just let them have it. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about the devil and his crowd. I'm talking about those who don't even know you, who might jump in front of you at a gas pump or cut in front of you to get a park they want. You know, there's all kinds of stuff and things that are, are out there. But when we, when we think about that, it's important that we conduct ourselves in a Christian manner. Okay? Now, I didn't do it for a show. I've been doing it for years, all right? On the back of my uh, back, uh, our back, we got, I got a Christian flag. It flies. That thing went 2,300 miles flopping in the wind. I got a cross that my 89-year-old uncle made that flies on my mirror just dangling right there. Constantly dangling right there. Reminding me, hey, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. You need to, and I need to, as we conduct ourselves, we need to walk worthy of God Almighty. If we're going to call ourselves a Christian, and if we are saved, truly saved, then we're going to have to walk it, y'all. We're not only going to have to walk it, we're going to have to talk it. Also, you can't be silent. And you need to reflect the image of God. Because there's coming another day of graduation, one of these days. When Jesus steps out on those clouds and calls the dead in Christ out of that grave first, and then you and I as a Christian are called up to meet the Lord in the air, that's going to be the biggest and the largest 
graduation exercise that Christians have ever been in. And yes, there are going to be awards. Awards. I don't work for an award. I don't work to be saved. I don't work to stay saved. I work just paying on my salvation that Jesus gave his all for me. At least I need to give myself back to him. And you walking with the Lord, hey, think for just a quick, quick, quiet moment where you were if you can remember when you were saved. Think about that moment. Think about who might have been present at that very second When you said yes to Jesus, I'm thinking of those little concrete steps at Mount Pisgah Baptist Church that's no longer there because of renovations, but I can take you to the spot. I can take you to the spot where I was baptized, but I cannot remember who the lady was in vacation Bible school who set me down on those little concrete steps and told me that I need to be saved. In vacation Bible school. That's our, one, of, one of our largest events for people to be saved, and that's coming up. I want you to really seriously pray for vacation Bible school. That kids and adults who are not saved would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is a, a life full of decisions. But make sure we make the right choice. You know, the wrong choice, and I've made wrong choices, and it cost me, and it cost me dearly. The Bible says you will reap what you sow, and even to this day, I'm still reaping what I sowed when I was a teenage boy. I can show you scars that reminds me of what I did. But I thank God that he has forgiven me, and he says in his word that he's forgotten all about it. Wouldn't you like to know that God's forgotten all of your sins, all of your past? He'll do that for you. He'll do it this morning. If you're lost, I invite you to Jesus. So you can be in that great graduation exercise that's going to take place one of these days. I beg you, search your life. Search your soul. What if right now you were to be hauled out of this service to the emergency room at the hospital and they pronounce you dead, where would your soul be? Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to let our light shine, that others might see you, and might see what we're doing, that they would glorify your holy name. Father, thank you so much for this church family. Lord, I think back... June of 1982, when you placed Lynn and Josh and me in Oconee County. Lord, I thank you that I haven't had to move and move and move. But I thank you for the places you've allowed me to serve. And God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts today. You know who needs to be saved. You know who's backslidden on you that needs to come to this altar and ask for forgiveness. You know who needs to go to somebody and tell them that they're sorry. Or go to them and tell them, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Lord, I pray that you bless these people today. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for their, their constant prayers for their pastor and wife. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.